Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Good evening. Welcome to the October 14th, 2017 edition of Daily Talk. Researcher 135's community call on www.talkshoe.com with your host, Rich Vernado. Welcome uh, to guest three in the chat room. Tonight's going to be a big show. We're going to be discussing publishing a book, how to publish a book. All three of the guests tonight, Wendy Rose Williams, Linda Beauvais, and I think that's you, Linda, in Montreal. Good evening, Linda. Good evening. Hi. Welcome to the show. As I was just saying, we're going to be discussing uh, how you publish a book, how to go about publishing a book. And Wendy Rose Williams will be here with us, Lori Reagan, and of course you and all uh, of these guests tonight, including you, Linda Beauvais, are previous guests of mine here on the show, and I, I want to welcome you back. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here. Well, tell me a little bit uh, while we're waiting for other panelists to arrive. Uh, tell me about your journey to become a published author. Tell me a little about that. Um, well, I've always wanted to write a book, and, and when something happened to me that I felt was a good story, um, I decided to, to write a book, and that's a long time ago. I started about 25 years ago to write the book. And, you know, every step of the way, I didn't know how to do things, but for some reason, well, I'd see on the Internet, okay, now you can do this and now you can do that. Uh, it took me a long time to write the book, and then when it was finished, well, I had to find out what, you know, what can I do. And, you know, there's different avenues that one can go. Um, there's, you know, trying to get a publisher or a an agent. Uh, and then right, I right. saw on, on, yeah, I saw on the Internet that you could actually publish, publish yourself, do a self-publishing. I don't want to get back to you there. First, uh, I'd like to take a moment to Linda Beauvais to welcome Wendy Rose Williams from Washington. Hello, Wendy Rose Williams. Uh, This is Lori Regan. Well, hi, Lori. (laughs) Sorry about that. I know that same area, you know, same thing. So tell me what's going on, Lori Regan. Um, Not a whole lot. I was joining my family today for some pumpkin patching. (laughs) Ah, well, that sounds like fun. And uh, we were just talking with Linda Beauvais, who's been on before, about her journey to writing an e-book. Could you weigh in on what your journey was to become a published author? Well, I didn't set out to become a published author or an author at all. Basically, um, I just wanted to be creative. And um, so I went to a creative, uh, uh, a gal who taught creative development, you know, just it was kind of an intuitive development kind of course. And um, she kind of put me on the path of my art, and my art led into my books. Um, so art came first, and then um, 
when I did some past life regressions, I would write down every regression that I had because I would remember them so vividly. And so then I took my regressions and people kind of liked them. They liked the stories and they thought I was a pretty good writer. So they were asking me, hey, can you put them in a book? So that's kind of how it all started with me. I want to ask both of you this question. I'm going to go back to uh, Linda Beauvais first. How has it changed your life, Linda? Uh, Well, so far it hasn't changed that much because I'm still working uh, my regular job and all that. But, you know, on the side I always work on my my book. And at this point, well, um, you know, I try to find ways how I can publicize it uh, I've been doing, uh, you know, like going for uh, uh, signings or readings. You read a little part of the book, and uh, but I'm I'm thinking of maybe trying to get a, uh, a a regular traditional publisher. So I'm working on that also. Mm-hmm. I would like to take a moment to welcome Wendy Rose Williams to the show. Hello, Wendy. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. We have Linda Beauvais with us, and we have Lori Reagan with us. And I would also like to weigh in with the same two questions that I just asked them, Wendy. What was your journey to become a published author, and how has it changed your life? Well, for me, um, I had a lot of blocks, a lot of energetic blocks to become an author. So it didn't start um, especially smoothly or with a very big um, specific plan. Um, what happened was I edited a friend's book and helped him figure out to self-publish. And once he had that wonderful moment where he was physically holding his own book in his hand for the first time, he autographed a copy to me um, with thanks for getting him going and just looked at me and said, your turn. And I was like, oh, that means I'm supposed to do this too. (laughs) So that's how it that's how it started, um, and then Lori and I were told uh, we both heard from from Spirit that we were going to be published together, and we didn't know how that was going to happen because I started writing novels and she was already um, well on her her path and she'd had she'd published a couple books of short stories at that time, but we so we didn't know how, but we said we were open to it. And then just wonderfully, um, we both ended up having stories um, selected by the Best of Spiritual Writers 2014, and we both were published together um, in there and each had a short story in it. So that's how it started for me. And again, I, I wasn't planning it as a book, but I was having such wonderful sessions with Path Life Regression, Life Between Lives, and other things like that as I did my my beginning spiritual work and energetic work, and I, I had to write those down. I was just really driven to write those down to try and understand um, what was going on and to process it. And I didn't have any ten- intent of sharing it at first, um, but I ended up writing something like 1,200 pages over that first two-year period because there was just so much going wow. on. Um, and Wendy, I am uh, holding in my hand your regression healing one, the Huntsman, the Lord High Manor, and the World War II soldier. And of course, it was autographed. And thank you for sending it to me. I thoroughly have enjoyed it, and uh, many, many of my friends have uh, also read it and enjoyed it. And so we want to wish you continued, continued success with it and all your other projects as well. 
Well, wonderful. I so appreciate that. Um, and you're you're quite right, Rich, because I then changed direction and I just I just wasn't sure where to go with the fiction because it had gotten so big. And when you're new, if you don't have an editor or a publisher and don't know how to organize it, um, what came up um, really well was to start to do some client session books. So that's what Regression Healing One is. Um, is is a client session. So I went that direction instead with nonfiction. And I'll, well, I'll move back around for the fiction. The fiction I would like to, soon. to take a moment to return to Laurie Regan. How has it changed your life, Laurie? And tell us about about your books. Um, well, uh, actually, one thing publishing did for me was it put me out in the public more. Um, I hadn't really fully stepped out into the public with my metaphysical stories or anything about metaphysical uh, metaphysical life um, until I had published my first book. It, it kind of put me in the spotlight as far as um, kind of breaking the ice and, and you know, because there aren't a lot of books out there that are flat out metaphysically, you know, based. Um, I had to write a fiction because some of the stuff people just wouldn't believe happened to me. And my very first book was actually, it was my actual regressions. Those are the stories that people read and said, oh, you know, you ought to publish these in a book. And so in order for me to be able to do that, I had to separate myself from it and make it fiction, even though everything in that book actually happened to me. So... (laughs) Um, I actually have five books out now, and um, all of them are actually free for download on ebook uh, this weekend too. By the way, um, just to share with people. So go ahead my and tell husband, us the, the names of them too while you're at it. Go ahead. Okay, um, stepping through the doorways of the soul, um, visions awaken, um, and Lizzie, and the edge of hope. And my favorite book is More Than Meets the Eye, Tales of the Metaphysical. That one has some really cool stories about the paranormal. And uh, so that's that's my favorite one right now. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. And I want to go to Linda Bove for a moment. Tell us the name of your book and also how did you choose where to publish your writing? Um, well, my book is called The Gabriel Principle. And, uh, well, I chose to publish it with CreateSpace because then it could go out there right away. Of course, it's a long process to do it because there's different steps to getting it published. But with CreateSpace, they explain things so well, and you can't go to the next step unless you've finished one step, like the cover, the formatting, and all that. So I ended up doing all myself. And it didn't cost me anything. So I got my book on Amazon without it costing me anything. And then, then after that, you can order it one at a time or two at a time. They, they, you know, like an actual book, they'll send you, most of the time I order five at a time. So you don't have to invest a lot of money. And um, I, I thought for a beginner like me that that was perfect for me. And not only that is that, um, I'm dyslexic, so I do a lot of mistakes. And then I had different stages where I had it corrected, and, and I didn't have the cover corrected. I actually had a, a spelling mistake on the cover. And um, 
So I fixed it up, and then you could just put it back in to create spakes, and it comes out right away with that mistake corrected. So I thought that that was perfect for me. For someone who makes mistakes and stuff, I could I could re-download it and and you know then it was the new version you know so that's that's why create space was perfect for me mhm Wendy Rose Williams how did you choose where to publish your writing um i chose it for a, a couple of reasons um as as linda said that print on demand um mm-hmm. and just the the setup that's available through create space is really really helpful cuz it just steps you through and i just didn't feel it was realistic to be able to attract um, an agent, which is usually needed nowadays to be able to get to a publisher. And once I had it, it done, I just knew it was supposed to be shared. So it just made more more sense to self-publish for a lot of reasons. And you've also got that beautiful control where you can make your, your own decisions. So as I did my research, I mean, Amazon's number one in market share and CreateSpace had the templates, as, as Lori um, and Linda described, um, and friends have done um, well with that and, and just had that work. And print-on-demand, the fact that they will print one order at a time, it's important not only for your proofing to get a really quality product, but for your readers. Um, I mean, they don't know what's going on in the back end, but essentially it's print-on-demand where just one copy will be will be physically printed and sent to them quickly. Well, that sounds fantastic, Wendy. I'm going to ask you this first, but this is for everyone here. This question is directed to, to all three of you. What do you see as some of the pros and cons of self-publishing versus being published by a traditional publisher? What I see is the big um, pro is if you are uh, really being directed by your your heart and your inner guidance with this writing, if it's if it's just really centered um, in that direction, you've got control. And I'm sure there's many wonderful advantages of working with with a big name publishing house you know, whether it's Hay House or whoever it might be, but you don't have control. You don't have control of your cover, your title, your pricing, um, you know, what goes on that back jacket, and the content. Um, I, I know Lori can share a story about that um, with with content um, and a question around changing changing something that she had in it that was integral to to the book. So, as for for me, that was really really the big piece was two things was just being very very practical. Um, Self publishing was an opportunity um, that was available to me, whereas a publisher wasn't. And and that that beautiful feeling of being able to follow my guides and my spiritual guidance with how I was to do it and what the content would be and how it would be presented. Oh, absolutely. Lori, uh, tell us the story that uh, she has mentioned that she alluded to about the content. Uh, tell, tell us about that. Uh, I think she's talking about when I first, when I published my first book, I went through uh, Book Baby because that's where my editor had published before. And so I was new to the, all of this. And so she was helping me, and her suggestion was to go with Book Baby. So I did. My first book got published. Everything was great. We move on to my second book, which is Lizzie. 
And Lizzie was a powerful, like, past life that I had actually sort of re-experienced by going to the actual place this lifetime happened. It kind of unlocked that lifetime so vividly for me that I had to write it. And it was, uh, it has some content in it that's not, um, you know, G-rated. And when I went to publish through Book Baby, they told me I had to change an, uh, a portion, something of the story, um, in order for them to publish it. And I told them I, I can't do that because that would change my entire story. And that would, ent- that would just, it wouldn't make any sense. The whole story is based around that. And um, so because of that, that's why I went with creative, uh, Create Space. And um, as far as the pros and cons with, I agree with uh, these ladies, you know, it's easier to get your work out there when you go with like Amazon's Create Space. It's just, like Linda was saying, it's such an easy process. They lead you through it. Um, the cons of going with an actual traditional publisher, uh, Wendy and I had taken in a seminar where there were 10 published writers, and they were on a panel. And one of the gals, for instance, um, <clears throat> lost her rights to her one of her books because she went with a traditional publisher. And, uh, and she really wanted to get it back because she wanted to keep her it was like her identity. It was her story. And, you know, once it goes to a traditional publisher, you kind of lose any of that. You know, uh, you, you don't retain uh, the rights. You don't retain the actual ability to change the story if you want to or, you know, keep it the way you want to write it. Um, so anyway, when, when the publisher went out of business, she was able to actually get her books back, get her rights back because the publisher went out of business. And all of those people on there pretty much were pro um, self-pub. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Thank you, Lori. Linda, tell mm-hmm. us a little about yours. And something that Lori said reminded me, in the writing of your book, you also visited a physical location that was very important in a past life. Could you tell us a little about that also? Well, yes, that's in my, my book, uh, The Gable Principle, is that because um, I had access to also we're all into this past life uh, stuff and I found out that I had lived a life in Wichita, Kansas. So, you know, maybe like I think 20 years ago I took a trip, a bus trip to Wichita to search for my past lives and all that. So I went to the library and at that time it was microfishes and I'd go on the uh, on the different records to try and find the different names that I had found out and um I mean nowadays you could just go on the computer and you get those same records uh on the internet. But at the time at the time I had went to Wichita and and I actually found a few things that were quite interesting that corresponded with my past life. So it was sort of like an adventure that I wanted to I wanted to prove that that a reincarnation, you know, actually exists. And to me, that was the way to do it. But um, I didn't find the ultimate troop, uh, proof, but I do feel that uh, my life actually um, proved to me that that reincarnation exists. So 
that's how I, you know, like uh, in my book, how I, I see the connections between this life and the past lives and stuff like that. So it was, uh, I, I enjoyed writing the book. And I mean, it was sort of like a therapy too. For, so, um, and, I, and I think a lot of people find it interesting. Uh, for the, um, uh, you know, the publishing, uh, what I find with Create Space is, which is all good that, that we can put it on the Internet, but after that you've got to learn how to market your book. And that's where I find it's difficult. Uh, that if you go with a publisher, maybe they have other ways to publicize your book and maybe more guidance. But it's true that you, you kind of lose uh, uh, you know, the ability of putting whatever you want in your book. Yeah. So. Well, I have a feeling that all of us are going to get a few plugs here and there now that Wendy Rose Williams has a Soul Wisdom show once a month there at the Seattle radio station, and I'll ask uh, Wendy to talk about that in a, in a little while. First of all, though, Wendy, I'd like for you to tell us what your thoughts are on how to determine whether it's best to publish a physical book, an e-book, an audio book, or all three formats. Well, personally, I, I think they've each got their place. Um, I'm I'm a big reader, so I personally consume all all three formats. I do feel it's necessary to have physical books um, because just practical reasons, like having them with you if you hold a workshop, if you're um, at a book signing, you know, if you go to a conference, that sort of thing. I think that physical is is really important, and some people still want to read physicals um, books and I, I need to send them to people to for them to choose if they're going to interview me, for instance, and they'll want a physical copy. Um, you know, nothing beats sitting down there by the fireplace or on your couch or on the beach or wherever you want to read and physically, um, you know, touching and feeling a book, particularly if you work with the computer a lot and you just want to get away from the electronics. It can be really nice. Whereas the ebook is fantastic because you've got that instant gratification. I mean, you can download one right away. Um, they're so much um, less expensive, particularly for our overseas um, readers where it's expensive or they just truly might not be able to purchase it. Um, you know, if we're in China or certain countries where there's um, just limits on what can be ordered and, and, and read, um, you know, it's nice if you can get an ebook. And audiobooks are just a, a new love for me, you know, getting back to that old-fashioned storytelling and just being able to do it and listen to it while I'm, I'm commuting or doing housework or whatever, and I don't have time to physically, you know, read, but I can be listening to the book. So I, I do see a, a use for all of them personally, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to turning uh, my books into audiobooks and, and narrating them. That will be fun, and, and uh, you have a great voice for that, by the way, Wendy. And I would oh, like to ask you. <laughs> thank you. I would like to ask uh, both Laurie and Linda, do the two of you plan on doing audiobooks? Have you considered it? Is it something that you might do? Well, well I'd me, like to. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Go ahead. Well, I, I'd like to do it, but I, I don't feel I have a very good voice. <laughs> I don't think I could read my book uh, very well, so it would have to be somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> How about you, Lori? Are you going to do some audio books? I would really like to turn that second book that I was going to publish through Book Baby. 
Uh, it's titled Lizzie. Um, I would like to turn that into an audiobook because the language that it's written in is a little difficult um, for some people uh, because it's a deep southern drawl um, that's in the book. And so I think it would be fun to see how that turns out as an audiobook because then it'd be more, a little more engaging. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would read it or if I would have an actor do it. You know, you have that, those options too. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of playing with the idea for that book. I'm going to ask all three of you this question, and I'm going to start with Linda Bovey first. Do you feel an editor is always necessary? It, do I feel what? I'm sorry? An editor is always necessary. Oh, an editor. Um, well, I, I did have my book edited but for grammar and, um, uh, spelling and all that. I really had to do that. Uh, I would really like to have an editor look at my book and see uh, if I'm going along at a certain point because sometimes we don't see there's parts in the books that we really like and it's, it's you know, um, it's, it's part of the book that's kind of close to our heart but it doesn't do anything for the story. And I think that an editor would see that, be more objective than we are, and tell us, well, listen, you know, this is not adding to your your story or whatever. So I think an editor would be important, and it's something I would like personally to to have an editor uh, look at my book and maybe be able to trim it a little bit. Uh, but I I already did trim it a lot. I mean, it's 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 got a lot of pages. Uh, but I mean, if I had to put the original in. Uh, it'd be like another 200 pages more. <laughs> well, maybe you can write a sequel. Maybe all of us can, can read your sequel. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Laurie, um, tell tell us uh, if you think you need an editor. Do you feel everyone needs an editor? Oh, I feel pretty strongly on that. Um, yes, I do. And I do have an editor that does... Um, some concept editing, a little concept editing, but mostly she does the grammar or spelling, uh, you know, uh, anything that has to do with grammar, basically, she takes care of. Um, and I will say that because it kind of looks poorly on an author if you send a book out there that's chock full of mistakes. Um, it drives, nothing drives readers more crazy than to read a book that's constantly filled with grammar errors or punctuation mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, spelling errors. I have a mm-hmm. friend who released a book, and he didn't really pay to have a uh, an editor go through it. And he, uh, a lot of, <laughs> I, he actually let me read some of his book, and when I, I read it, I was like, oh, you need to pull this back, and you really need to have hire an editor. It's really worth it. And so, yes, I do totally agree. I, Wendy, I I think it it behooves one to do that. Wendy, would you like to weigh in on the editor question? Um, I I agree. I think an editor is absolutely a, a key part of the team. Um, I did not have an editor, um, uh, an outside editor, and my mom was able to play that role for me. So I'm very grateful to her. Um, she's a big reader, and she had done. Um, some editing, and she's got strong grammar and spelling skills. So she was able to do a lot of cleanup 
And she also was able to tell me um, if I was being redundant um, with certain points or if I suddenly was making these big leaps or assumptions that people could follow what I was talking about. Um, she was, so she was crossing over into some concept editing without you know, really knowing that. Um, she also called out when I was using terms or jargon, um, too much metaphysical um, woo-woo, she would call that out and say, you either need to you know, have less of that or just give it a good one sentence explanation and just be more clear. Um, you know, what you're talking about. So I think I think an editor um, with someone playing that role in one way or another is essential for a quality product. Lindy, I'll let you go first on this one too. What about beta readers? Did you have beta readers? I love beta readers, um, people who are reading that, that final manuscript for you. Um, and if you've got a really strong team of, of beta readers like I'm blessed with, and thank you, Rich, and thank you, Lori, because you've both done um, beta reading for me, that can help, um, I don't want to say eliminate the need for an editor, but you know, kind of lessen uh, the need for because that role is being partially fulfilled because they're really, um, beta readers are just worth their weight in gold because they're helping you make sure that the story flow is there. Um, so what I've, what I've communicated to beta readers is don't look at the spelling and grammar, et cetera. Just look, read the story, enjoy the story. Does it make sense? Is it engaging? Um, and then just you really can start to tighten up so you can be more um, spare with your prose. Lori is really good at being to the point, and I'm the opposite. I'm verbose. So I've had to learn to really get to the point instead of describing all around Robin Hood's barn. Um, so <laughs> beta readers so, are just a big deal to me. Wendy, um, did you know all of the people that you considered uh, beta readers? Or No, I didn't. I just, I was fortunate, Linda. Um, some of them I knew personally. Some of them were, were author friends or, or other friends. And some of it was once I had the manuscript ready, I just put a post up on Facebook and said, hey, you know, getting ready to publish my first book. Um, and I gave the back jacket description and said how many words it was, how many pages, and when I would need feedback by and just said, anybody want to read it? Um, okay. And people just stepped to the plate um, from that. And then, um, you know, I just kind of like, vetted each person who volunteered a little bit and what I learned to do because I've done this twice now because I'm getting ready to publish the second one I learned to write um, a short questionnaire so a 10 question questionnaire for the beta readers so that it was easier for them to know how to give me feedback and it was more actionable useful feedback to me okay neat oh. Laurie did you have some beta readers as well of course I did. <laughs> uh, Wendy's one of them, of course. And my my suggestion too is when you have beta readers, um, you know, make sure that you trust them because you're giving them your baby. You're giving them your manuscript to read. And um, I know that this is kind of out there, but uh, you know, there are people that will take your story. There are people that will plagiarize. 
change a few things. So you have to kind of be very careful. I have a select group of friends that are my beta readers right now, and they're pretty blunt with me. And like Wendy was saying, you know, I'm very to the point with my stories because I have to be. I write short stories. I can't be all over the place. You know, they're not a novel. They're short stories. So I have to be very uh, short and direct and to the point. And so I love my beta readers, and I'm constantly using them. Mm-hmm. Linda Bove, did you have some beta readers as well? Well, to tell you the truth, I didn't even know what a beta reader was. Uh, but I, I did have some friends that did read my book, and all you know, even when I was writing it, I would give it to a friend, and and they'd read the part that I've I've written and all that. So, you know, I've had friends read my my book, and and you know, you did have beta readers. Like, that, that- Yes, yes, go that, ahead. That would be beta readers, I guess, you know. I just yes. didn't know the expression of what, what that was, you know. And, now I'd like to ask each of you, and I'll start uh, with you, Linda Beauvais. Uh, how did you create your cover art? Well, um, I used to work in art, uh, a graphic artist, and I realized that, um, like, I, I can work on Photoshop and uh uh, different programs and all that, so I kind of put it together. It's not, it's not perfect, but you know, it's better than than a lot of different uh, covers. But I would like to have a professional cover done for it, you know. But I think the one that is there is good enough for now, you know. And and Laurie, tell us about how you chose the cover art for your six different books. Uh, well, I'm I'm an artist myself, and so uh, my first few books, I had someone do the cover art for me, and I paid them to do it. Uh, and then my next few books, I actually did the the artwork for. And so I yes, used. And you, the, you do wonderful artwork, by the way. I've seen your stuff, and it is fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So, for me, um, I like to do my own, and I use. Uh, Microsoft Word has a. I, I actually went online and learned how to do uh, cover art using Microsoft Word. It was pretty cool. I just went on YouTube. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's funny the things that you learn on YouTube. Um, but anyway, I did that, and then I used a converter program to change the artwork to an acceptable file to upload for CreateSpace. Wow. Wendy, tell us about your cover art. I'd be happy to. I just want to return quickly um, to Lori's point about um, beta readers or, or test readers and trusting them. Yes, of course, that's, that's important um, because things can be plagiarized. But something that um, writers can do um, and what, what I do personally is before I start sharing that unprotected document with people, I mail a copy of my manuscript to myself and I keep that in a fireproof box. And that is my proof um, that That I have written. Copyright establishes your ownership. It sure does, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that's just a simple thing you can do. And then yes, of course, you know, you follow you follow your, your instinct and that's just that's just worked really well for me. But regarding the covers, I think it's important um both Linda and Lori have got um have skills that I don't have. I just had 
zero um, skills in the graphic design or or um, in that area for the cover art. So I hired for it, um, and that's where I invested my money because I did not need to pay an editor. So I invested instead in the cover because my belief is covers sell books, um, you know, even in our electronic age. So I hired um, Leilani Dornbush at customcoverpro.com, um, and she just does a phenomenal job, um, and she's she's just really um, talented, and she's specifically trained for that. And she's got art, both the fonts um, for your title and your name, et cetera, as well as the type of art that she's got available that people can't can't easily find or create. So I just I just think it it made a difference for for my cover. And if people have got a really um, slim budget and they just don't feel they have the skills to create the cover, you can look at um, an online company called Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, which is an mm-hmm. online listing of freelancers, including book cover designers. And then you bid out your job um, from there. And you can also use Fiverr um, to look for beta readers and just pay um, a small amount of money. Again, you just have to you know, establish your trust and, and what you're looking for and establish your copyright. But I've been just really, really happy to have someone um, that, that I work with so well and just really... Um, I'm happy with to to create those covers because we've already got the next couple of covers planned for the next few books, Leilani and I. So it's it's just great when you find a partner like that. And she did a great job too on your covers, by the way, Wendy. Yes, thank you. Yes, I'm I'm really really excited about the next one. She was able to do some very clever things. The next book is going to be the prequel um, to the Flow One Plymouth Plantation, and she was able to take some stock art but then really really change it and she did some custom photography she posed her daughter as the main character um, with her back to the camera and she dressed her to match my character in the book back in the 1600s she swapped out the boat so it's an appropriate um, period appropriate boat um, ship and she just she just really did um, a superb job. I'm very excited to get that new book out in the next um, few months. Okay, I'm going to go to Linda Bovey first for the next question. Did you do your own formatting and proofing work, Linda? No, uh, yes, I did, <laughs> <laughs> and that that's quite a job to do. But uh, Create Space tells you exactly what the measurements should be of, of your margins and everything. You choose the size of your book. Uh, my problem was that I think uh, I was in centimeters and they were in inches or something like that. And it <laughs> didn't exactly correspond. So that when we I'd go to the proof, it kind of messed it up a little bit. So the proof is sort of like a, a a program that you you it's it's like a book and you turn the pages and you have to turn the pages every one of them to see if everything is is lined up like if your chapter is at the top uh and uh sometimes oh I got a double space there instead of single space uh so you have to look at every page and when uh you change something well you're changing everything that's afterwards 
So you really have to do the changes from the beginning of the book and then come, you know, follow up till the end of the book. And it's a long, long process. And I'm about to do it again because I've, I'm changing something else on my book. So, Because um, in my book, at one point, uh, there's conversations with uh, a spirit guide, and I had put it all in capitals. And I submitted my book at one person. They said, oh, you can't do that. You know, putting a whole conversation in capitals, it, it's like someone is screaming at you. And I just wanted the conversation to stand out. That's why I had put it in capitals. And now, while well, I'm I'm changing that, I'm putting it in italic. And mm-hmm. uh, I hope mm-hmm. that's that's okay. And so now I have to do this formatting, putting it back. And but it is going to take me, you know, a few hours to do. But you have to be patient. You have to do it. You know. Mm-hmm. Lori, with six books, I bet you've had lots of experience with this. Uh, tell us about your own formatting and proofing. Um, I have. I I actually uh, agree with the Linda. You know, CreateSpace does lead you through it. They give you all the dimensions that you need to format your books. And um, the one thing, you know, the one thing that I've got to say though is, and I agree with Wendy. I think she mentioned it earlier, where you really do need to proof your book. You need to order that proof, that physical proof of your book. Um, if you're going to do it in print, because you need to see that everything is lining up. You need to see that your pages are falling on the right page numbers. You need to see that the margins are, you know, not cutting something off in your writing. And so that's the, you know, of everything that I've done and all the books that I've done, the one thing I've always done is uh, order to proof a copy. And then sometimes I've even had to go back and order a second proof if I had to make uh, corrections to that proof. So it's really highly worth it. It's, you know, only like a couple of dollars to get a proof copy. So it's very worth it. Mm. It's Thank you, Lori. When you, order, when you order the books, it's surprisingly uh, affordable. You know, yeah. you, you order one or two books and, and it's like, my God, I mean, it's, it's cheap. <laughs> yeah, and so that's just, it's like ordering a book, like you were just saying, Linda, um, but it's the proof copy, and it's marked proof in the back of the book. So if someone right. got that by accident, they would know it was a proof copy. But you're right. It's mm-hmm. only a few dollars, and it's so highly worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wendy, would you like to weigh in on, on what they've said about that? I agree. You've definitely got to hire – you definitely have to purchase a proof um, to make sure you're putting a quality product out there. And like Lori, I ended up um, getting a second proof, too, and I, I chose to hire um, for my formatting. Uh, Leilani at Custom Cover Pro does that work too um, because I just, it was two issues. I was too busy um, to get it accomplished and it just was not my forte. I wasn't patient enough for it and I wanted to put my really valuable limited time into writing and editing. I was moving on to um, the next book. So she did it for me. Um, and I was really, really grateful. And she also brought a level of expertise to it that I didn't have. I mean, like, like the good point Linda made about putting something in capitals when the standard should be italics or, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, I just didn't have that base of knowledge. So I was very happy to have someone do, do, um, the formatting for me. 
Um, and I, I found that surprisingly affordable and I stopped um, pulling my hair out because I didn't like that part. I would um, like to, so. to weigh in with you on that, Wendy, with my own personal experience with my, my own ebook, uh, which at, at the time, uh, two years ago now, uh-huh. I did my own formatting. I found it extremely frustrating. And uh, Becky Butchko and I have had a lot of discussions. I was hoping she'd be here tonight. She has some books out too. But her or Lori are definitely going to be on my team uh, for the next few books that I write in terms of I'm going to get them to help me with the formatting part. Because <laughs> it absolutely is, is the most difficult part of this for me. It was the part that drove me crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You it's have to be pretty patient when, you, when you're doing the formatting, though. I mean, and if you don't have the patience or the time, as Wendy was saying, or the, you know, just doesn't, you don't want to do it, it's better mm-hmm. to get someone else to do it for you. It's worth it. And it's... Yeah. It's hard, too, because the Kindle formatting is different than the physical yeah. book formatting, and the Kindle yeah. formatting is less forgiving. And I definitely True. recommend for listeners to create your physical book first because then you can um, then you can print it out and make sure you've got it right, and then do your Kindle. And I also recommend don't just write your book in a Word document or whatever – Choose your template and your size right yep. from the beginning and directly type into the template and you'll yep. get to your finished book much faster. Um, and totally it will agree. look more like a book, you know, totally from the agree. beginning. And you can also just do like a mock-up of your cover, your concept, and just stick it on your on your terminal. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Do something to make the book be real. And then it just it just energetically it comes to life a lot faster. Wow, that is some fantastic advice. Now this question is for all three of you. How did you determine your pricing? I'll start with you, Wendy. Um, because these books, and I'm sure this is true for everyone. Uh, it's just it's really a work of the heart and. Being an author has just become such a, a large part of my identity. I, I really feel it's it's a main part of my life purpose and, and larger soul mission. So I meditated and, and prayed because I felt the book was meant to be in service to others and that it should be as affordable as possible while still honoring my time and my effort. So I literally meditated and then just asked my guides, what should this price be? And I wrote down, based on that, the price. And then I did my research and I looked and compared to other books and that sort of thing. Um, And I went pretty much with with what my guides had come up with. And CreateSpace, again, is super in that they walk you through. They've got like this little pricing mechanism and paradigm um, where you put in different different costs that you're considering and they make sure first of all that you're covering your costs because they're not going to allow you to sell a book for less than it costs them to print it that wouldn't make any sense Um, so I settled on 9.99 for a 200 page um, paperback and I sell my Kindle version at five ninety nine. I mean, some people price by the page. There's just different ways of doing it. Um, so it's it's just it's just nice having Create Space help you with that, and just being clear. You know, what's your intent? Do you do you want to get this in the hands of as many people as possible, and maybe have the price be a little bit lower? 
And, you know, over time when you're more well-known, if you do reach that point, um, you know, perhaps books at that point can go up by a dollar or two or, or whatever feels right to you. Laurie, how did you determine your pricing? Well, determining a price is kind of a, it's a delicate thing. Um, for me, I went on uh, Amazon and researched other books that were similar to word count or page count and um, kind of found a median in their median price. Mine are between, they start out, the ebooks start out between $2.99 and $3.99. And my printed books, um, same thing. I went online to see what other similar page counts and word counts. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I also agree with Wendy. I'm not really out there to make a ton of money. I really just want to get my stories out there. So mm-hmm. I run lots of freebies and giveaways and stuff just to let people, you know, get a taste of my writing. Absolutely. Linda, tell us, uh, Linda Beauvais, about your pricing. Oh, well, it's <laughs> uh, not too scientific, I'll tell you. Uh, I just, I looked at other books, and, and I'm like uh, Loria. I mean, I'm not there to make a fortune, that's for sure. And I don't mind taking their, you know, marketing and, and giving it away. Um, and then there's other marketing where you do 99 cents. Uh, but... Um, the regular price, I'll tell you, I don't even remember what it is. I think it's, uh, I think it's six dollars something for, for um, the ebook and the book itself. I have a lot of pages, so I think it's around fifteen dollars or something like that. But you know, CreateSpace does help you figure it out and and how much you make at the end and what. And um, I just. I said to myself, well, that's fine with me, you know, how much they say, you know, like $3 a book or $2 a book, that's fine with me, you know, so um, I didn't, uh, it's not, not, not too scientific, my, my, uh, my method. (laughs) I would like to go back to Wendy for this question, and then I'll, I'll address it to all of you as well. Wendy, how did you select your book category and keywords for search engine optimization so people can find your book? Oh, that's a great question. Well, being a being new to this and a first-time author, I didn't realize that CreateSpace just walks you through that really well. And there's essentially it's forced choice categories that are available for that related ISBN. Um, so at first, I, I, I wasted time. I was trying to categorize it myself. And because it's a book that's a past life regression session, I was trying to do reincarnation, past life regression, that sort of thing. Um, And instead, the closest fit I could get was body, mind, spirit, um, subset healing, subset energy um, was the best fit for my first book. Um, So it's it's just really it's just really right there for you um, in Create Space and. Uh, a friend, um, I was fortunate with the keywords and, and the search engine optimization, the SEO optimization. A friend who's worked in that area professionally for 15 years, she looked over my best guess as to what the keywords would be. Um, and it's important for people to remember to include their name as the author um, as a keyword selection because um, the whole point of the keywords is if someone's just Googling 
um, in, you know, or whatever search engine, and you want to come up in their search. Uh, and then the recommendation is you test the keywords uh, periodically, like every month or two, so that your book will come up. Um, so I think, I know I have work to do in this area, and perhaps um, Linda and Lori do too, because when I tried Googling and, and searching both Amazon by past life regression, regression ther- therapy, reincarnation, none of that brought up any of our titles. Um, but granted, we're all, we're all newer to this. You know, we're not, we're not the well-known people um, in the field um, at this point. So, of course, it's, you know, it's bringing up Dr. Newton. It's bringing up Brian Weiss. Um, you know, it's bringing up Mira Kelly. Um, if I searched for regression healing as a modality, then my book pops up to the top because it's also my title. But just a lot of people don't know that term of that modality. So there, there's a lot of technical things in there that I certainly need to learn more about um, and just haven't gotten there yet. You will. You will over time. Lori, tell us about your SEO. Well. Wendy is way more experienced at it than I am. Actually, she's got way more experience in the deal. And she, of course, has people in her pocket that know what they're doing, apparently. Um, for me, you know, my books are easy. They're, they're fiction and sci-fi, paranormal, that type of thing. Um, I have not actually been back in to kind of update, which I probably should do. So I'm really happy that Wendy said what she said. Um, I should probably go back in and do that. I don't think it could hurt any of us. I'll probably do the same thing. <laughs> Linda, Bovey, tell me about uh, your, your your SEO, Linda. Yeah, well, I I usually we have to pick three uh, three categories or three, and and in Kindle I took uh, it's Kindle Store, Kindle Books, then Religion and Spirituality, and then New Age, and then it goes into Reincarnation. So that's one string. Um, Religion and spirituality, I don't like the religion part of it, but spirituality maybe. And then the second one I put my book was in, again, religion, spirituality, new age, reincarnation, again. And then uh, the third one, which is kind of funny, but it's not, uh, I put it in Kindle Store, Kindle ebook, romance, time travel. I don't know. Not exactly right, but I guess I should look for another another I'm ranked I'm ranked two thousand and forty eight in that category. <laughs> it takes time but to it's not easy to choose exactly the different categories like that because you know it, it's not uh, well you say, Well that's not exactly right and oh well maybe that's a little bit right, but anyway, it's it's all of us are have, learning. All of us all of us are learning. Linda, exactly. what's, worked best? Yes. what's worked best for you in your marketing and promoting of your book? Oh, um, I, I really enjoyed uh, participating on Facebook on different groups that uh, talk about uh, reincarnation and all that. So you really got to find people that are interested in what you're writing. My, my book is a story. It's a novel, and it could be almost read like a, a fiction, but it's actually a true story. Um, I've done some uh, reading uh, you know, in front of the groups, 
And I've participated in shows that were like New Age shows and stuff like that and did a conference. Unfortunately, it was in French and my book's in English, but people were very interested anyways. And uh, I think that nowadays people are more and more interested in reincarnation. So um, I did once do... uh, a marketing, and I paid a lot of money for this, uh, and I don't remember what the man's name, but we, I went to New York, and I presented my book to all kinds of radio shows and television shows, and we had sort of like, it was like the speed dating, and you had to give your, your you know, spiel really quickly, and then they either were interested or not interested in you and whatever. And a lot of them, just as in New York, would say, oh, oh, that's a woohoo subject. I had never heard of that that expression. And uh, a lot of them were like, no, you know, if you were had 10 steps of how to get rid of your pimples or, I don't know, or diet or something like that, that, that really worked, but... The woohoo subject, mm, there was uh, it was a few that were interested, but not as much as I would have liked, you know. So I, I'm trying and I'm learning, and that's one thing that marketing is is uh, is something else. It's 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 a hard thing to discover what to do by yourself. Mm. Lori, tell us about your marketing of your books. Uh, when I first started promoting my books, I was actually doing uh, psychic fairs, and I was taking, I was ordering, you know, probably ten copies of each of my books and taking them and selling them at the fair. And I would give people a price break if they bought them at the fair. I would sell them for half off of whatever I would sell them for on Amazon, and I did pretty good with that. Had a lot of people you know, buy those books. And the only problem with that is, is when I'd asked them to go on Amazon and leave a review, Amazon started checking to make sure people were purchasing on Amazon before they would allow a review to go on. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I kind of stopped doing that. I do a lot of free KDP, uh, the Kindle free ebook giveaways, um, like this weekend with all of my books going out for free. Um, and I, I really, I love to have my readers leave a review for me on Amazon, but that's like pulling teeth. Um, I might ask 10 people and get one review, you know, people that actually see it through. So basically what I'm doing now is I'm using Goodreads. Um, I do giveaways through Goodreads. Um, and I do Facebook. A lot of Facebook. I seem to make a lot of connections with, with uh, people through Facebook. Absolutely. Wendy, tell us about your marketing and promoting of your books. Um, I've done some of the, the same things that have been mentioned. Um, the free ebook downloads are, are a great thing to do through Amazon, and you can do it up to five days, and you can break up the five days however you want um, per 90-day period. And when I do those, I leave a request to review. And if they, if if people um, act on the free ebook, they it is considered a verified purchase. Right. Um, Because Lori's right. When we purchase our own books as authors and then sell them, the person, it's not considered a verified purchase because they don't know who, um, you know, purchased it. So that's unfortunate. They then can't leave a review. So some of the things that I've done, um, I did the simplest thing that was uh, really fun. 
um, because it had been a, a couple years of trying to figure out what to publish and, and it was a journey and I wanted to celebrate it. I did a book launch party um, at my own home when I was first published and I just, um, it truly was meant to be a celebration. I didn't even really plan to even, you know, sell the books. I just threw a party um, for family and friends, but um, quite a few of them did did purchase um, at that time or, or scheduled sessions with me. Um, some past life regression sessions were scheduled. Um, so that was, you know, that was, it just, it just felt so good. Um, there's, there's nothing that beats that moment when you hold your physical book in your hands for the first time and realize you did it. It's just, it's something that needs to be, to be celebrated. It, it just, it changed my view of myself in a lot of ways in a very positive way. Um, so that, that's something that was important. Um, I've and, done and radio interviews. Go ahead. Yes, Rich. go ahead. Well, I was just going to interject that, that like Linda, you've also done some conferences and shows, I understand. Yes. Yes. Um, I've done radio interviews. I've been just really, really blessed in, in that category um, mm-hmm. and given books away free to callers. Um, mm-hmm. I went to a four-day afterlife conference um, in early June and that was just a perfect um, place because of the audience. And it was just really good practice for me to, you know, be there at the table um, by myself and to be able to have those conversations with the public because I hadn't done um, psychic fairs like Lori had done, so I just hadn't been in that place. Um, so that was, you know, that was that was a really good experience. And certainly um, promoting it on Facebook where it's appropriate, including just some really basic things that new authors can do, like uh, that all of us, um, I think Linda Laurie and I have all done, is include a cover of your book as your cover photo, include a link to your book in your outgoing email signature line. Um, I've given autographed copies for free to just various influencers, hosts of radio shows, book bookstore owners, uh, that, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, my past life regression clients get a copy of the book as part of their session price. And I'll soon be giving away copies at my new group hypnotherapy workshops. Um, so, so people will receive that as part of their fee for the workshop. They'll get a copy of the book because it's just, you know, so related to the, the topic at hand. Um, so those have been some of the main things. Another strategy that, that authors can take is to blog, um, you know, whether you're blogging straight on to Facebook or other places or via uh, a blog that's attached to your website. And you can also review um, similar books is a way to get to be known. And in summary, you've just got to be strategic with your marketing tactics and pay attention to which appear to be most effective and give them enough time and effort so that you're not too too scattered. You've got to execute well. And you can't follow through, you know, on every idea. You've just got to see which ones make sense. You know, is it, like Lori said, the Goodreads giveaway? I haven't followed up on that yet. Or can you get copies of your book into your local library? I had tried that originally and they turned me away. And I hear they, they, they at that time weren't accepting um, self-published. And I hear they may have changed their position on that. So I need to go back again and, and try There are that. a lot of bookstores, I'm sorry, Wendy, there are a lot of bookstores too that are that way. They'll, they don't want to accept self-published books. Yes, 
I've definitely run into that. Um, and they've, they've got to be able to make, you know, their margin on it. Um, so sometimes it's, you know, and I get that. So you just, you just have to think through the business model. Um, is it going to make any, any sense for them? So maybe you're not going to be in that bookstore. Um, maybe your books aren't going to be carried there, but perhaps you're there um, offering a service. You know, if you do any sort of, of consultations for clients or sessions for clients, that sort of thing, perhaps they'd then allow you, um, you know, to to just, just promote your book um, that way because people are still then coming into their store. They're getting more traffic in there to, you know, to see everything else that's available too. One thing that I did was uh, be members of association like writers association. And sometimes they make uh, events in libraries uh, where you do the, uh, the reading and all that. So I'm part of two associations for writers. And one thing, though, is that when you want to go in a contest, sometimes they'll only take published books and not self-published books, which I don't think that's fair, though. But anyway, um, that, but uh, I found that being part of an association is good, too. Uh, that's writers. really good advice, Linda. I haven't done that yet. And I just thought of another one, um, which I haven't um, acted on yet either, but friends who are published have highly recommended doing some book talks and putting them, which is literally just having a friend film you um, so it can be put onto YouTube. And it can be 10 minutes, it can be 15 minutes of you Mm -hmm. doing a a little mini reading from your book or talking about your book and just sharing something valuable with the audience um, and then having that be put onto um, YouTube as, as a book talk. Well, Lindy's Mitch and I not. did a did, did a okay, reading, yes. eh, right? <laughs> Go ahead, Linda. Yeah, well, Rich and and me, we did a reading of my book at one point, eh? And and you did a nice, uh, uh, I don't know, with the uh, audio of our reading, and uh, I could put that on my website. So was yeah, that? I did a YouTube video. She's uh, talking about that of a segment of that uh, show. And and it, we uh, reenacted uh, a past life experience, and it it visually turned out very good, and the audio turned out very very good too. And that's available there on YouTube. You can look it up on Linda Bovey. Also, a lot of yeah. the uh, YouTube uh, interviews uh, with uh, Wendy Rose Williams, uh, Wendy that I did are all on there as well. In fact, tonight's show will be turned into three or four YouTube segments. I divide them into small segments. It's easier to work with and edit that way. And all of you are welcome to share those around, and uh, that will help you to, you know, of course, promote your book, obviously. Well, thank you, Rich. That's really kind of you. Thank you. You bet. Okay, the next question I would like to address to everyone, and this is a good one, and I'll, I'll let Wendy go first on this. When you think back on what it took to complete your first book and to get it to print, what would you do differently? Oh, I would have chosen which one book to complete a little sooner if I could have. But I just, to be honest, I needed to take the journey I did as the writing, it was just so cathartic. And I just had a lot of past life energy uh, that I needed to release because I have found and worked with more than 70 
of my past lives. So like Lori, yes, some of what I write is fiction, but it's certainly been inspired by um, my my own memories coming through during past life regression and, and meditation and other types of sessions. So my writing, it just went all over the place when I was, was writing fiction, and I ended up with literally about 10 books were started um and so it just it just became very frustrating of what book do i go forward with or what do i do with these short stories because i've written fiction non-fiction and short stories so um i just that's if i could have chosen that you know a little bit sooner and and just really focused on which book do i publish first um i think that would have would have helped me um, because Regression Healing 1, um, it took 13 months from soup to nuts, um, which I'm, I'm pretty happy with because it was my first book and, you know, first time to figure out that whole, that whole process. Um, so that's, that's one thing um, I can comment on. And I would have also put more cycles into figuring out how to build a mailing list a little bit sooner um, because I don't I don't have that piece down yet so I, I just think it it's something you just have to gather over time and just keep collecting um, email addresses from from people who are interested in your work have purchased your work may be interested in your work and then very respectfully of course um, and it's it's Washington state law too, giving them an option to opt out if they don't want to hear from you again um, you know, and certainly also not ever, you know, selling or renting those those emails because none of us want to get a bunch of spam. <laughs> you mentioned taking 13 months to do, to do regression healing. One, I spent a year doing my ebook about eBay, so I'm I'm with you there. Sometimes that first one takes some time. Right, Laurie, how about you? Up. When you think back on what it took to complete your first book and get it in print, what would you do differently? I honestly don't think I would do anything differently with my, you know, my first book was my first book. It was my mm-hmm. learning curve. It was it was me opening myself up to the world of publishing the book. It was me opening myself up to the public, period. So it was a process. Um, it didn't take me as long as Wendy probably. I think my book, well, maybe it did. I think my book took me a year to put together um, because I was trying to compile um, things in the order. Actually, my first two books are how I opened up to um, the metaphysical, and it's my story, but in fiction. So if you read the first book, it ends off, and then the, the next book picks up where that book ends up. And so um, it was for me, it was more, like I said, a labor of love. I really wanted to write at that point, and um, I don't think I would do anything differently. Um, I know that people, there are some people out there who probably feel like, oh, your first book, oh, you could probably redo it or, you know, fix the mistakes that you didn't know about then. And I'm like, no, that was my learning book. And, you know, I, I want it to be an example for other writers or, or ones that aspire to write to kind of encourage them. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have really good stories, but they're afraid to put it down because they don't think they're good enough. So I just want to encourage them. Thank you, Lori. 
I would like to direct that question now toward you, Linda Bove. Yeah. Well, I, I don't really regret anything. I mean, I, not that I haven't made any mistakes, because I have, but even with the mistakes, you learn. And uh, one thing maybe what I could say is that I was always shy to share it because it was a little bit on the weird side. And I, you know, like my friends on Facebook, or I'm kind of shy to say, hey, I wrote a book, do you want to read it? Um, and uh, and it took me a long time to do that, and I did. Uh, it's still hard on me, too, even today, even though I did put it on Facebook, on my main Facebook and everything, and, and it went down pretty well. But that's one thing that I always found hard, and maybe I should have done that a long time ago. Uh, but besides that, everything else that, that I've done or – that worked and or didn't work or whatever, it's fine. You know, I I don't mind, and it's it's still it's still my project, and it's still something. I I don't feel that I'm a writer that has uh, many books. I have this one book that's very close to my heart, and I believe it's good, and I'm just going to continue working on that book. You know. Well, best of luck with all of that. Continue on, and and I like what you're doing, Linda. I want to. For our last question before we close out the show, and this is addressed to everyone, and I'm going to start with Wendy Rose Williams. In summary, what were some of the key lessons learned along the way and the best advice you can give our listeners? Oh, that's, um, a, that's, a, great, that's a great question, Rich. Um, I would be, my best recommendations would be to be willing to seriously consider self-publishing versus not getting published or waiting years and just wasting a lot of energy trying to get an, an agent or a publishing house contract. I mean, I, I like Linda's approach of she's doing that on the back end because that's, that's always an option. And to just sync up with your guides very closely um, and, and look at is writing and publishing, is that really a major portion of your life path and your soul mission? If it is, Ask your guides for help. Uh, I mean, ask. They're going to be in perfect alignment with you on it because you will have chosen this before you were born. Uh, So ask for the contacts. Ask for the doors to open if you know this is an important way you, you serve humanity. And work with a healer if necessary because sharing your work publicly that that's going to bring up your stuff. Um, you know, I was relating to what Linda was was saying about you know feeling shy about it. Um, it just can really stretch you out of your your comfort zone. And we often have blocks in the area that we're just not aware of. Um, so particularly if you write nonfiction or if you write an autobiography, and all of us has really done that in many many flavors. Um, you know even if it's presented as fiction. And I would recommend finding a writing partner or partners. Consider uh, joining a a writing group to trade tips, to build up your speed and efficiency. Um, Certainly be a reader. You've got to read, um, you know, quality, quality writing to um, improve yourself. Um, You may consider taking courses, et cetera. Um, And don't let perfectionism be the enemy of of getting some writing down because haven't we all had those moments of flow? You're in the shower and you're getting all these great ideas or you're driving and 
like you just can't do anything with them. And then you go to actually sit down and write and you're like looking at that blank screen. So <laughs> you can always edit it later, but you know, you just you can't edit a blank page. So just be willing to to get it on paper by finding a way to write regularly. Um, preferably an hour a day. If you can't do an hour every day, well, do it the days you can. If you can't do an hour, then do what you can, um, and just just find a way to you know build that build that habit. And it just comes faster and easier. And I think the quality goes up. And I also found I had to. Um, it helped me to set up a dedicated writing space so that you don't waste time organizing it every time. And it also helps you like build up that energy of writing, just like if you meditate in the same place, it just it builds that energy. And then uh, working to find a way to get more reviews, um, making those face-to-face requests or or phone call requests, not just this you know vague plea on Facebook or this vague um, group email, because the goal is to um, get a hundred reviews within thirty days of publishing. And Lori and I know, um, and Linda knows too, and, and Rich, you also, but Lori and I specifically, we were published in a collection book where there were 25 or so authors. And we were kind of, I'll speak for myself, I was kind of shocked of the other authors. I didn't even see a single one review the book themselves. And all the reviews for that book, they came through Lori and I. Um, you know, really working to to get people to um, to, to take a look at it. So um, that was that was quite an eye opener, because you would think with 25 authors you could have gotten 100 reviews pretty easily, and it didn't it didn't happen. Um, and just the final the final um, piece is you've got to believe in yourself and just be kind to yourself and be willing to take the risk and just keep putting one foot um, in front of the other. And I would respond to what you just said with self-promotion, self-promotion, self-promotion. That's the difference between you and Laurie and, and the other 25. Uh, they didn't promote, and you two did. And y'all worked it. And and anything that you do, if you work it and keep working it. And, and I'd like for Laurie now to weigh in also. Well, everything that Wendy said above, everything. You know, and, uh, yeah, that book was interesting as well to me, Wendy, you so eloquently said it, uh, you know, it's, I did not understand how come it was just she and I out of the 20-some authors working so hard to get that book reviewed. And you know how hard it is just to get your own book reviewed. And then you had these 25 authors, and we were the only ones working really hard. Anyway, um, so, you know, my my advice to those that are out there that are contemplating writing or, you know, even if you don't publish, Still put it down on paper because you never know if one day you may publish that. You know, like Wendy said, you you know, when you're in the flow, write. And that's how I am. When I'm in the flow, I write. Write, 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 write. I could be in the flow a whole day and write a whole ton of stuff in one day and then the rest of the rest of the month not be able to write anything, you know. Um so I just wanna I wanna encourage people, you know, to to just step out of their comfort zone. Write something down. I mean, there. I never thought I was going to write, and here I have five books. <laughs> um, that wasn't my intention when I started, but the stories just keep coming, and I, I have to put them somewhere. 
so I might as well put them out to the public. It, it really opens a person up. You know, you lay your soul bare because a lot of people write about what is familiar to them, you know. And so you can kind of, when a writer is writing, you can kind of tell, oh, that's familiar to them. That's them. That's how you associate, what you associate with them. So, yes, I everything Wendy said above and, and for me to just tell, you know, advise people, hey, just do it. Just do it. I mean, it, it's better to live your life and step out of your comfort zone and try something than to never really get it out there ever and, and have a world of regrets afterwards. That's just what I was thinking, Lori. It's just it's better to take the risk than to have that regret of, oh yep. my gosh, I should have yep. I should have tried it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I turn to you, Linda Beauvais. You have the final word on tonight's show. You get to give the final <laughs> response. What were your key lessons learned along the way, and what's the best advice you can give to our listeners? Well, as uh, you know, um, Wendy and Lori did say pretty much everything that I believe also, is just uh, believe in yourself. Believe in your ability to write and and just do it. And uh, even if you got a critic or something that says, you know, well, this is not my cup of tea or whatever, that's okay because you're never going to please everyone. It's not, uh, it's not possible to please everyone. But if you have something to say and you have something in your heart and you write with your heart, you can't you can't go wrong, and um, that's all I, I I can say is just do it and uh, and believe in yourself. You know, that's thank what you, I've Linda had Bovee. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Laurie Reagan, and thank you, Wendy Rose Williams. And I want to give Wendy a final moment to plug her new radio show, Soul Wisdom. Tell us about that and where we can find it and when we can listen to it. Well, I've just been so um, fortunate, Rich, from the experiences with you and with Jason Havey on Spinning Logic and just other um, radio programs that I had a chance to be on. That then led me to the Dr. Pat show um, on KKNW in Seattle, which is Seattle's um, talk radio program. And I had the great good fortune through um, friends um, encouraging me and pushing me to contact her to ask to be on her program. And I I honestly didn't know who she was because I was at work. I wasn't listening to daytime um, radio. And turns out she had the number one show and has has had it for for a a dozen years. So I contacted her and was very fortunate. Within a couple months, I was on her program. And she suggested to me, um, because she's now mentoring um, other people to create their own radio program, and she has her own media and production company um, called Transformation Talk Radio, which just looks at how can we be positive, um, you know, realistic and factual, but how can we be positive in the areas of spirituality, health, business, whatever it is, to try and change the world and, and bring some positivity in for all of us. So... Um, I created Soul Wisdom Radio um, with Dr. Pat's um, and her team's ABLE assistance, and it airs live on KKNW in Seattle the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific for one hour, which is 2 p.m. Eastern. And if people are outside of the Seattle area, you can hear it live um, via your smartphone or computer uh, just by going to 1150kknw.com. 
um, and you'll hear it live that way. And if that time frame um, just doesn't work for you, you can go to transformationtalkradio.com um, and hear it as a recording um, via MP3. Or you can go to my website, which is Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y, rosewilliams.com, and you can listen to it there. I want to thank all of our panelists tonight, Wendy Rose Williams, Laurie Reagan, and Linda Bovey. And all the listeners out there, remember this show is archived here on www.talkshow.com under Researcher 135's Community Call. You can download this show. You can share it. And there will be YouTube videos up within the next 24 to 48 hours, which everyone listening and all of our panelists here tonight can also share. So once again, I want to thank everyone and wish everyone a wonderful evening. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rich. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Lori. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.